So the big question is this. How do the best recruiters and recruitment business owners ride the highs and lows of recruitment whilst ensuring they remain at the top? How do they stay consistent? How do they manage their time? How do they cultivate the correct mindset? And what are the best recruiters and recruitment businesses doing differently? These are the questions that all recruiters want to know the answers to. This is the podcast where I have real and honest conversations with some of the most talented recruitment professionals globally to uncover all their secrets. My name is Hisham Azuz. Welcome to the Recruitment Rollercoaster Podcast. This podcast is sponsored and supported by my good friends at Hunted. Last year, Hunted helped over 300,000 recruiters all across the world. They're dedicated to improving not just the industry, but your place within it. If you want to be a better recruiter, have more resilience, see greater success in your recruitment career, or simply change jobs or country, then you need to check out hunted.com. I'd love you to check it out and let me know what you think. Welcome to the Recruitment Rollercoaster podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz. And today I'm delighted to be joined by Zef and Sean, who are the founders of a recruitment agency called Plexus. Uh, and they are a specialist agency that focuses on the blockchain market. Zef and Sean, thank you for joining me. Thank, thank you. you. Hello. Um, looking forward to this one. I always enjoy having two founders on the podcast. Um, always interesting. Um, but as you know, where I always like to start on the show is how, how the hell did uh, the both of you end up in the recruitment world? Chaps, let's start there. Well, you first, mate. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I uh, finished university and much like those people didn't really know what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to make um, money, but I didn't necessarily know how to do it. And so I looked at like, initially I looked at broking. Uh, yeah like you know like you see like traders and yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. and i also looked at like setting up my own business but i didn't really have a good idea i wasn't particularly good at math what did you do at uni uh psychology sociology and politics okay nice which is the classic degree people yeah, don't really yeah. know what to do classic. uh and then somebody called me up like a rec to rec and they were mm. like oh you can make like 50k in your first year i was like decent, decent yeah, <laughs> how do i go. sign up to this <laughs> let's go and then like the first place i interviewed was g2 and then i got yeah. the job so i was just like yeah i'll move yeah. straight into it and so you're from bristol uh no i was actually I, my family's all from wales but i was okay. living in cardiff okay and g2 in bristol i couldn't find anything i wanted to do in cardiff mm. so i actually commuted to bristol when i first started really bleak. how long did that take uh it was about a 40 50 40, 50 minutes in the morning. Oh, really? Yeah. That's and then, not too bad. No, it was... I it depends. It depends. You always get traffic on the bridge. But yeah, it, was, it wasn't too bad. And so I used to do that. And then after like a month and I got my first like paycheck, <clears throat> I actually stayed in a B&B because I already had an apartment in Cardiff really? for my mate. So I stayed at a B&B. It was like cheap and it was... What? Eat, what each week? Yeah, yeah. For like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Like an actual contractor. And it was like... <laughs> it was like really cheap. It was like 20 quid, but it had like... It had like some weird like ornamental frog thing going on there. So all the rooms had like themed frogs, like okay. like items and stuff like that. So I did that for a while. And then when my rent was up in, in Cardiff, I then moved to moved Bristol to full Bristol. time. Fair yeah. Enough, Sean, what about you, mate? Similar story, mate, to be honest. Um, wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, but like... Did you go to uni as well? Went to uni, went yeah. to uni in Cardiff. Uh, started out doing economics, totally flunked it. Yeah. Failed, dropped out, started again. Did, started again. Started again, mate. Did oh, history, wow. cost me a fortune. Uh, got through that. And because I was a year behind, all of my mate, or a lot of my mates, finished uni finished the year there. before. Yeah. So I kind of got to watch them all kind of like joining the world of work. Um, and one of my mates, actually, who is sort of similar, like character type to me, got into this sales job. And it was like proper wild west sales job that he was in like selling all sorts of like i think it was like advertising space something like that <laughs> but it was proper rogue and uh yeah he seemed to do all right i've actually started to make a little bit of cash and i just thought, thought to myself i was like yeah decent well maybe i he can do that maybe i can do that yeah and that was it so i was like right okay so i get into a few sales jobs did a little bit of that was all right at it uh and then was like right okay so where, where's the decent money out in sales and yeah it's recruitment isn't it really <laughs> and then when uh, did you get approached by a rector got, i put i remember i put my cv on um 
uh, Monster, I think it was. Got blasted. And literally, the, like, that morning, like, turned my phone on, it was like, doof, 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 messages, yeah. million messages, just got the first one, that was it. They got me into G2. Yeah. And then... Mate, that's, 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 that's hard, that's crazy. Though, you, you've got to be, like, refreshing that. That's hard, isn't it? Because yeah. <laughs> is, that is the case. Though, taste of what it's like on the other but side. To, <laughs> to, to be fair, I, when I, I must have been, like, I must have had a much shitter CV than you, because I put my... <laughs> I put, my, cages, yeah, no, I, I put my CV on, on <clears throat> one of the job boards and I... Um, Sales experience, no. And I yeah, got in with... Um, Pareto Law contacted me. Okay. They, they yeah, that's guys. like the assessment. They did yeah, like yeah, assessment. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. they initially sold it to me and I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to go work at Pareto Law. <laughs> and they had like, must have been like 30 people in there in yeah. the room and we all had to do the usual stuff like, you know, you're an air balloon, who's going to get kicked out type stuff. <laughs> And I, <laughs> what I haven't heard of that. Before. Yeah, it's like it's you're like, in, if you're you're, in, yeah, like everyone's in an air balloon. You need to justify why you need to be in the balloon or wow. stay in. There or like so it's quite it was quite good, quite good fun and stuff. I remember thinking there was like like about thirty people, and they, at the end of it, they called like five of us yeah, into yeah, a you room. You get like cut there, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, 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 yeah. But when they they brought us in the room, and they're like, "Great news, you guys have got it." And I was like, I literally, mem I remember thinking, "Oh my god, this is so amazing." I'm like set up for life. <laughs> <laughs> and then I realised, oh no, wait there, it's not really working for them, yeah, is it? Yeah. And then yeah, they started getting... happened so much. But it must be a, yeah. it's a really good way for them to sell, because I, I remember feeling like super like elated about like passing yeah, this assessment, because yeah, yeah. I saw these other people getting rejected and You're stuff. Like, yeah, smashed it. But yeah, no. All right, cool. So let, let's frame it up for everyone. So uh, as I was telling you before, we're definitely going to focus on your journey to date in running your own recruitment business. Um, so you both joined G2. Mm. So just to frame it up, so Zeph, how long did you work there for? Uh, about six years and six years, yeah, and then you joined Opus. After joined Opus, Opus, yeah. Opus, and then set up this yeah. business, yeah. And then for you, Sean, you did so what nine years? About nine years, yeah. Two, yeah. <coughs> that's a solid stint, that yeah. That's no joke. Um, okay, <laughs> cool. Stint. So, is that where you guys met? Yes, yeah, yeah really, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, look, let's just talk about it very briefly. You guys, good billers, uh, yeah. Not, not the start, I wasn't. I was. Really? Rubbish when I first started. Towards the end, I, I was better, yeah. And what was, did you both do contract or? I did. Or? I actually did perm for the first six months. I was absolutely rubbish at it. <laughs> do, you, do you remember? <laughs> yeah. And then uh, um, I'm just like more suited to contract anyway. And then I moved out to contract and did better. Yeah. You did all right. You did all right. I did all right, yeah. Okay, cool. Just a lot of recruiters listen to this then. So let's just very quickly touch on that. What, what were some of the biggest challenges for you guys early on? Uh, I I think I went into that role with minus natural ability, like no like, natural ability. No, you're like your classic, like <laughs> bang up for it, like enthusiastic, yeah, but like no, game. no ability, really. And so, like my first year, I was just rubbish. Like yeah. I and I did like I did a couple of deals, and they were like small, but I remember being like super up for it and thinking oh, I I never ever thought oh, I'm not going to do well in this job, mm. but I was not doing well in this job, really. And so it took me like how do you keep your job then? Uh, Work. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I, th I think you were like, you just pretty, you wasn't said that. You wasn't that. Well, no, to be fair, no, to be fair, like you joined after I wasn't shitting. That's like, <laughs> oh, really? When that's I first true. started, I was rubbish. I remember, I, I used to work like mental hours. Like, I used really? to like, so, you, put, so you, you wasn't doing that great, but you put in the work. Yeah, it was like one of those, one of those guys, they probably looked at her like, mm, he's not doing great, but he's but trying he really in. hard. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. So like, they, they, they probably <laughs> were just a bit like, and I was always like really positive. Like I was like, it was never like, yeah, yeah. oh, this is rubbish and that's really hard. I was yeah, always yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. like, just give it a go and just be rubbish at it. And I remember thinking like, I'm not as good as the people around me. So I'm just going to have to outwork them. Really? Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. And I remember thinking like there was a, there was a couple of guys that were, they were there and then maybe they started like a little bit before me. I heard them. I'm like, God, that guy sounds decent on the phone. Yeah. Why do I sound so rubbish? <laughs> and I was really lucky. I had a really good manager who like, okay. you know, worked quite close with me and got me like, like the right sort of structure and like trained me pretty so you, well. So for you, the, so you just felt like you didn't have much ability straight out the bat, but you had to learn from a lot of people around you basically. Yeah. Like I was, I was that annoying guy at the agency that's like, Oh, bro, you know, you did that thing earlier. Like, how did you do, that? Did you do that? And then, like, to the point where, like, mate, you are like pissing me off. Will you, <laughs> will you just shut up? You're proper curious. Yeah, I just did, I didn't care. I was just like, well, look, you know, if I look at all the people in the office and I look mm. at what they're best at, if I can get even remotely close to that yeah. with all of them, then I'm going to be okay in the end. Yeah, yeah, fair. Sean, what, what are some of the challenges for you then? So, you, so what, why, were you, why did you find Perm challenging out of interest? Um, I was just absolutely rubbish with candidates to begin really? with. Like, I was, I was always all right at BD, but like, 
I was just uh, just terrible at like taking time to understand them. Yeah, and that's yeah. why these days I'm absolutely like just militant on like candidate qualification and getting yeah, in their yeah. heads and just you knowing know, everything. But by, so course, so at the so beginning you was better at just ultimately agreeing with people to work with them rather than finding all the things about candidates. I just glossed over it. I was just really? like, yeah, why wouldn't they take the job? You know, he said, <laughs> he said he'll do it, so he'll do it. And it's just like, yeah, no. Yeah. And then <laughs> just so then, not actually how it works. And then did you stay in contracts for the rest of the time there then after that? Yeah, always really? contract, okay. yeah. So yeah. did did both of you manage teams? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. And what, what are the sort of size teams that you managed? I think at the biggest, I think I had like uh, maybe nine Nine, nine, nine okay. people, yeah, and I was billing then as well, like really? as a billing, so a billing manager. manager. Yeah, and what about you, Sean? Mate? Yeah, similar. I think like top end of G two London, we were sort of maybe like eight, nine people. Really? Yeah, we sort of fluctuated, obviously. But okay. So both of you then, you always want to start your own business. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Just from like back yeah. in the day, or like just obviously uh, from you when you got out of uni, you're thinking about it. But yeah, I mean, I, th I think like. Um, I think I, I'm, I'm relatively tough to manage because I'm I like really? generally like quite, I don't know, maybe enthusiastic and maybe get a bit obsessed with like different ideas. <laughs> uh, and so I always thought like, if you set up your own business, at least you can do it your way. And then it's on you whether it sure. does well or if, you know, it fails. Sure. And then did it quite organically happen? You guys connected? Um, or? Well, we just kept in touch, didn't we? Like really? Always been made, so when yeah. you left to go to Opus? Yeah. So when I left, I was going to Opus, I think, uh, I think at the time I, I was like, I was doing like well at Opus. Mm. Um, I was billing really, really good money and I had like a team of people. I think Sean was made, messaged me. I think he was just um, relatively keen on the idea. And I think at the time I was like, yeah, I am. But you know, it's hard. It's, it's always tough to walk away from a job where you're like yeah, earning really good money and stuff. You know what you need to do. Um, but then I started working in this blockchain market and it was like, it was going off and I was like, there's a decent opportunity to go in here and set up a market and be like basically the first people to do it yeah. and really mm. scale it. And so there was like the odd agency that was doing like a little bit in it, but so there was no an opportunity. Yeah. No one was really going at it. And I, I, I was lucky. I got into it like 20, 2014, 2015. Really? Bought blockchain? Yeah. Did you invest in blockchain? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. How yeah. Go, mate? Well, <laughs> <laughs> don't ask me. To be fair, it, it paid, it like, it, like, it paid for like, the initial investment to set the business up. Really? Fair. Yeah, and I paid... Because you hear all those horror stories now, don't you? Yeah, well, you know, anyone who bought in and like, you know, back in the 2017 were absolutely killed. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, I, I got in lucky. I got in early, so I was quite lucky. With it. So did you guys have a business plan? Yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. So initially, obviously, we, we initially we planned to like get investment. Yeah. And so we mm. met with like, in fairness, I think... Sean might have, Sean had already left G2 at the time. Sure. And I think he was meeting, we, the plan was I was going to go. Yeah. And he was meeting a lot of investors and stuff. And sure. so mm. we, we spoke to like quite a few investors. How, how was you hoping that could potentially help you guys? I think we were just a bit afraid, quite honestly, mm. Mm. of just doing it ourselves. I think we both, we both knew how to build and run sales teams, but we both were just a bit like, oh, how the hell does the rest of it yeah, work? Yeah, I don't yeah. really know. Uh, so we were like, right, well, let's just, you know, let's go and speak to some investors, go and see, and it will be at least a sounding board for our ideas as well as maybe they can get involved with it and stuff. Mm. Um, and we pitched what we thought was uh, the right level investment-wise to a few of them, and they were like, no chance, there's no way you're getting that. And then we were just, and we pitched it to a few others, and they were like, oh, yeah, maybe we kind of look at it. And then, it, at, at the, then we spent like, I don't know, probably a good few months, wasn't it? It was a good probably two, maybe two, three, four months mm. of, well, I say we, more, it's probably a bit more me, wasn't it? I sat, sat, sat at home in my kitchen yeah. working out like, what is the, the nuts and bolts of a recruitment company? Like, how does it actually work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as that sort of period went on, and we were still speaking to investors, after a while it just became obvious that actually we just didn't really need them. Mm. So in the end, we actually got offered the investments yeah. and then we turned it down. So mm. we were just like, actually, we're just giving away a chunk of equity and what's the point? Like we can actually just do this ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so, so do, do people considering sort of going down that route, obviously everyone's in their own sort of what we were talking before some people was definitely worth looking at some people maybe not but what just from your experience what were the, some of the learnings around that for I, people that might be considered I think, I think it depends on there's no right and wrong yeah no right and wrong to that, right, sort, to that sort of stuff sure. there definitely is a right and wrong over I think like 
cuts and equity and all that sort of sure. stuff. And I think some of the stuff that gets touted around the market is just silly. Um, you're going to do most of the work and you're going to certainly take most of the stress. So you yeah. should have a, you should have meaningful equity, definitely. Yeah. What that looks like for you, I don't know, but that's, that's, uh, that's what I think. Um, what were... I, I guess it depends on what you're like as a as an individual. Mm. I think, like, Zeth is a brilliant salesperson. Mm. But I think, like, I'm naturally better at, like, some of the sort of more operational type stuff. Sure. And I think that just leans itself to quite a good little team. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think if you, if you are naturally a really good salesperson, but you're maybe just completely clueless and don't want to get involved in the details or any yeah. of the operational stuff or the finance or all that sort of stuff, then it probably would suit you more. If not, if you've got someone that, where you can rely on yeah, that, then good probably point. less. Yeah. I think that's, that's really relevant. I think like anyone who looks to set up, generally if they're like a great salesperson. Typically they are. Th th sometimes they're like not very organized. I know yeah. I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and like I'm always like short attention span when I'm looking at like, you know, Mm. factoring agreements or contracts <laughs> like, yeah yeah, yeah. So, so did you both know that like straight out of the gate that they were they, that were your they were your strengths and they were your strengths or have you had to work that out a bit I think we probably yeah I think yeah, we probably, yeah. probably I, 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 th I think it was like known to a degree but I think actually like as we've gone on it's, it's become, become a lot apparent. more clear like yeah. that's a Zeth job that's a Sean job yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I think actually like anyone looking to set up on their own I think you should think about maybe doing it with someone and don't the, the go-to with most recruiters is they just find a mate who's yeah. like, who's like pretty much the, yeah, yeah. the same yeah. as them. And then they realize, Oh wait there, we've got like a skill gap in yeah. terms of like who can do this. Yeah. It doesn't mean like between the two of us, we cover everything because there's loads of stuff we win rubbish at. But I think like if you have the main things and they're split between the two of you, it makes your job a lot easier. Yeah. Okay. So how, so, so you definitely had a bit, so you must obviously had a business plan when you're going through that process, had a, had a strategy. Mm. Yeah. So just a framework for everyone. So you've been going for now, what, nearly three years? Is yeah, that right? Three years, three, three years at the end of March. Yeah. And then how many of you are there? Uh, 13. 13. Plus. Cool. So what, let's break down year one. Cause I, th I think as you as you were talking about why, one of the reasons why I was considering getting investment is okay right can we actually do this mm. right so people thinking about setting up or early on definitely gonna having those thoughts of fucking hell can i do this fear of failure etc how did you guys plan to differentiate yourself i mean recruitment is fucking saturated right so i'm sure this was everyone always sets up their recruitment business saying we're going to be do it we're going to do it differently yeah how did you plan to do that well I think, like the the blockchain market was was growing quite a bit so like, then the niche yeah yeah mm. so we went we went like super niche on it and so like we still had like you know you, we both worked in recruitment for years so you develop contacts but the idea was that we build through this market that no one else does mm. and because we went so niche and i think maybe a lot of people don't factor in but when you first start up a business a lot of companies want to help you because you're mm. a startup and they you know they maybe they get pitched by the bigger firms and they're yeah. like mm, not fast but actually because you're a small company they want to try and help you out. And the fact that we were so focused on this space and we were putting out a lot of content <coughs> online about us working in this market, we got quite a bit of stuff that came to us. Really? Mm -hmm. What, quite quickly? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what what, what so what so was that plan? Because it's, it's actually come up quite a lot now where some people literally, first couple of months, they went through their LinkedIn connections and were yeah. like, right, who can help me? Send a message. <laughs> I did that. Did you? <laughs> yeah. How many people came back? Uh... Was you surprised? I, yeah, I was. I mean, I, I don't think... I, I basically got... You, you can go on LinkedIn, you can get like a CSV of all yeah, LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had like, I know, like 12,000. Yeah. So I was like, this is lumpy. So, <laughs> so, so I, pr I printed it off and I just like, just highlighted like people that was worth just sort of checking in with and being like, hey, how you doing? This is what we're now doing. Yeah. And so we had like um, a couple of clients and stuff that came back to us off the back of that. I mean, I think like we came into it... Um, we came into it knowing like there were going to be, it was going to be a growth area. And so a lot of it was going to be like reasonable cold calls or at least leveraging off contacts we've got as in mm. like, hey, can you do an intro to this guy type stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My okay. network was absolutely useless, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah, because yeah, had you not done this market before? Nah, not not done it at all. Hadn't even on the phones for, I don't know, a year or maybe a really? year before. Had like, yeah, I mean, I hardly even had any, any runners left when I left G2. Like, it was just absolutely stand from stand non-existent network. So how... Uh, and a completely different market. So really? So don't even speak to them now. <laughs> not helpful at all. And so, so like, so I'm assuming then you just, you guys cracked on, got on the phone. Yeah. How, how, how was you getting clients? So, like obviously you reached out to people. You yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so it was like, like 
when when we first so we moved into like this little two man office that was in Epsom because I live in Surrey and it was easy for Sean to get there from Millsfield yeah. and it was like okay shit <laughs> like this is it like like it was it's pretty small uh, it? yeah Sean moved Sean moved into the office just before me so he got the window seat and my desk just faced the wall <laughs> uh, which was pretty bleak um, <laughs> but I mean basically just like. It was actually it was actually quite nice because I think for both of us it, it we'd gone through like a period where we were managing people and you were so used to like getting loads of questions fired at you yeah. while also trying yeah, to build. Yeah, yeah. Whereas when it was just two of us, it was quite refreshing because it was just like he knew what he was doing, I knew what I was doing. It's we great. just we just cracked on it's and great like, on. once fun. in a while we had like you know a little chat like oh, what's going on type stuff. But I think that first sort of six month period we were just like very much the mentality just get shit done like do, yeah, yeah, do yeah, some yeah. business and so we just we just got about it just hit up a lot of like contacts and stuff and people came to us stuff and we actually we actually hit the ground running quicker than we thought we would really yeah mm. so like when we were about um i think at the start of it and all our business plans to like investors and stuff we were basically saying that we thought we'd do like 200 grand gross profit in our first year mm. i think um and um we just went out and then six months in we were still in this little shitty office in epsom and we were like looking at it, and we had like you know those um you know those sticky whiteboard things? They're yeah. like like sheets you just yeah, put yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had them like all around the office. Really? Yeah. And we were like... We was were that like, you done so many, so many fees? No, just like... <laughs> just, just Couldn't like, be bothered to even just, buy an actual whiteboard. Yeah, because the there wasn't really room for it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and we just like used to write like companies down like, oh, this company's cool. Like, I'm yeah, looking yeah, to them yeah. or you look after them and that sort of thing. And we basically set ourselves this target of doing like 200k gross profit and I can't remember what, what the turnover was maybe like 800, 800 yeah, grand yeah, yeah. turnover and then six months into it we were like looking at it, we're like god this is fucking going alright like we'd, we'd done our our year target in six months really so we were like okay cool what, so why do you think that is it seems like from day one you had a focus which seems like a huge advantage in terms of like the niche yeah so, so there, there just wasn't really many recruiters working it so actually really? if you go like generic tech yeah. Like the problem is, is that these managers get pitch, they get in mail, yeah, they get yeah, everything. Yeah. So they're desensitized to the pitch. Whereas if you pitch a client or you get intro to a client who works in the blockchain space, they don't get pitched by people saying, hey, we focus on blockchain. And so mm. they're like, okay, this is decent. This is interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they're a little bit more helpful in terms of whether they're looking. They might be like, no, nah, I'm not looking myself, but actually you should speak to these guys because those guys are looking to grow. And then just, mm. you know, your network grows off the back of that. But yeah, it was like, we at that point we were a bit like, God, we probably need to plan this a little bit because actually... Like, yeah, so, so so first six months, it was like head down, crack on, yeah, just make it happen, basically. Yeah. The plan was always like spend a year and yeah. just get as much cash in as we can. Yeah. We didn't Because we'd gone through that like period of looking for a bit of investment, we didn't really have loads and loads of money saved up. We weren't going to plow loads of money into it. It was mm. like, let's try and start it relatively lean and see how that first 12-month period goes. And then if it goes well, then we'll try and Go scale and we'll get a big office <laughs> and we'll hire these people and all that sort of stuff. But after a few months, we were like, all oh, right, like Zess said, like, shit, yeah, we've actually already done that. So like, <laughs> let's just let's just crack on with the next phase of it. So then we yeah. moved into central London a little bit sooner and got out of that tiny... So, so, we're, so we're, okay, cool. So first year then, how what did you end in terms of headcount? And then we'll talk about GP ones. <sighs> For the first year, I, th I think our first year, we were maybe three... Three, no, it was, no it, was, it was maybe sort of four or five, I think. Yeah, really. Four or five. What well, did you finish GP ones year one? Four, eight, nine. Really? Yeah. Okay, so more than double what you planned in the yeah. business plan. Mm. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So what, what, were the, what were some of the biggest challenges then in that first year, would you say? The, the first year was actually, because we spent so long planning it, yeah. the first six months, there weren't really any sort of major challenges other than yeah. like, oh, how the hell does all the finance work and all yeah, that sort yeah. of stuff. And that, that, you know, took a bit of getting a red around, but it was fine. Um, once we'd kind of done that, then it was like, right, let's just get on the phones and just do deals. And that, and that was like, yeah, we know how to do this. That's fine. We can carry on with that. Yeah. I think the challenges have, have been around scaling it further. Mm. Um, that's the hard part. The hard part for, I think, and anyone will tell you this in the industry, the hard, the hardest thing that we have to do is getting trainees in and getting them up and running and getting them billing because mm. it's it's super difficult you know mm. um and we've done it to an extent but i would definitely think we can we can do it more that's that's the most challenging point but in the first sort of six or twelve months pretty straightforward we know what we're doing yeah yeah <laughs> that's fair. i think mm. yeah yeah it was so so a lot of that success then and i've mentioned it a lot but i think it's really interesting because i think 
having, I think in today's market, having the focus, having the niche, it's just so important, it seems like. Crucial, I think that yeah. it gives you a competitive advantage, like it can give you a competitive advantage straight out the gate. Yeah. I think a lot of people can be worried that they're going to miss out on a lot of things if they're not doing more than just the niche or whatever. But I think that's... Yeah, I mean, there's like, there's, there's other aspects to this. So like, the great thing is that our first year went really well because we focused so much on blockchain. But like anyone who reads the headlines knows that a lot of the cryptocurrency market like tanked pretty hard. Mm. And so we were super, super focused on it. And then we had to maybe go a little bit wider. The plan was always for Plexus to have different functions. And so- Like different verticals. Yeah, and or, yeah. or pillars as well yeah. as the like wanky term we use. <laughs> um, and the plan was always to be like, right, the blockchain is one pillar and the goal is to be the go-to partner in the blockchain space in Europe. And actually we got there pretty quickly just because no one else was no doing one else it. No doing that, cool. Uh, but then the plan was like to then roll out like machine learning AI and then cloud. Okay. And what ended up happening is because the market tanked a little, we just sort of accelerated that. Now, like, first, like the majority of our business is still blockchain. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But the plan is to try. Yeah, you had to be agile. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, had, we had to be and stuff. I mean, like, thankfully, the market's like recovered quite a lot and it's, mm. it's ramping up a lot now. So I think we're probably like plowing to doing more stuff in blockchain still. But there was always a plan to set up these other pillars. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So just to wrap up year one then, what people always mention me about this, like what um, what tools and tech did you invest in quite early on? I, re I remember when we started making some money, I used to be like, Pots here, we got enough cash now to get read. <laughs> like, <laughs> this guy's been on my... What, what, did you, yeah. what did you have? Like, What tools did you have? So we, we were very big on on not having a shit database to begin with. Really? Yeah, we want we wanted a decent database. So what did you got, get? Got like everyone else standard, does yeah. these days. <laughs> and it is the best. It's, like, it's yeah, in yeah, the recruitment startup. It, 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 it just is. Yeah. Um, so Bullhorn, and then yeah. I think, when did we get LinkedIn Recruiter? It uh, wasn't like immediately, was it? I think maybe like... Towards the end of year one, you got we got when we, when we, yeah, when we started to look at a delivery, model. and that's like the most expensive thing, yeah, that, really that we got. Yeah, but so besides Bullhorn, that was it. Did you invest in them for now? Oh, a couple of job boards, like the usual stuff. <sighs> there's, there's a few other things we used, didn't we? I yeah. just signed up to like most of the main job boards to begin with. Well, just like constantly get like free trials and that. And see how long Oh, they can't answer that shit. <laughs> Get a small free trial and start paying for it like everyone oh, else. Yeah. They're, they're super tiny on free trials <laughs> yeah, yeah. these days. Uh, like, just sign up, just pay like 500 yeah. quid. 500 quid? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, how, where did yeah. the name come from? Oh, God, the name. The name. <laughs> where did that come from? It sounds like at one, edgy, at one point, right, I was sat in my kitchen. So my kitchen was basically the Plexus HQ before Plexus started. Yeah. did all this like planning work out. And at one point, I had probably about... 200 names written on all these stupid post-it notes all over my kitchen really? my missus would like come in and just be like what are you doing what's going on here so like, don't touch the names just just leave them i'll move them later and I, I just took forever thinking of all these cool names and i was like yeah i've got to name it i've got to name it and then zeth came up with this name was like yeah we'll go with that and i was like oh shit yeah no that is the best name <laughs> <laughs> how did you come up with that <laughs> so uh I, we were thinking about loads of names i remember we were in like a bunch of grapes down by London Bridge Station. Yeah, 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 we yeah. have some drinks, and I, I remember sitting with Sean, who's giving me like loads of names. I'm just like, no, like, no, so, mate, that is no. so shit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I was like, God, I better fucking start thinking about it. So ge generally, like when it comes to like the creative yeah. stuff, normally that's my sweet spot. That's more so, Sean. That's not a Sean. That's not a Sean. <laughs> so he's coming up with like, all these crap names, Definitely and I'm just not. like, I'm gonna have to put some time. So we're gonna end up. With <laughs> so I ended up like just like. Um, I can't remember why actually I did. <coughs> I, basically, I, like obviously we're doing blockchain. And yeah. so I wanted to think of like stuff that linked into like that sort of market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I think a, a Plexus is basically like a neural network, right? Yeah, it sounds like yeah, something yeah, yeah. to do. It's like, 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 a, like, like a biological thing. But yeah, actually, yeah. if you type in like Plexus, um, like digital or something yeah. like that, or an image, it basically shows like a pattern that looks like a blockchain. Okay. And I was like, Decent. This is an absolute winner. I've, <laughs> I was like, I've absolutely crushed this. And then you tried to fight it. Yeah, I did. Yeah, let me just think about it. Like, I was yeah. like, you will not better it. It looks like a blockchain, <laughs> mate. Let's, let's just go with it. And then, and then, like your your branding is pretty cool. Has it always been? Obviously, I don't know what the website and stuff like <laughs> at the beginning, but it seems like that. Like, did you purposely try and? So, so when we first set up, yeah, like it was proper like lean startup and we ran it super super lean and so the original logo for plexus which has been banished to the archives yeah, of the internet, yeah, sure. was actually designed by sean's friend who said she'd do it for free and we still gave her 300 quid for it oh, and, stuff like that. and so we had like um like some teak like 1992 
Squarespace website. And then okay. I was just like, Tell you what, it served a purpose. Yeah, it did. It was, it, did. Yeah. It, was, it was really good. It was really good. I mean, the content was a bit, was a bit weak. I, I mean, we both agreed. Yeah. Definitely. And then like after a while, we're like, bro, we're like an emerging tech partner and our website looks absolutely yeah. litter. So we ended up like, um, we went with a marketing agency who ended up um, designing like and the, when the cool this? little bubbles thing, if you've been on it. And like, when was this? Uh, that was in summer 2018. Yeah, like two. So okay, so yeah, second, Q, yeah. Q, Q, Q1 of year two. Yeah, yeah. really? Yeah, we, we like a lot. Q, we basically Q. put like all that first year profit into like tons of business related stuff to help us mm. scale. Um, and yeah, so like that, that was going to be my next question. So like going into year two, then as you said, as you were just saying there, so like you had to think about the growth plans then basically. Yeah. So you, you the both of you knew that this wasn't going to be Zeph and Sean staying in Everton yeah. in that room. Like you wanted to grow it. That was always the plan. We yeah. just knew we had to rip out a load of the infrastructure that we'd put in place. So oh, in the sites I said, like in the, at the beginning, it was like, right, how cheap can we do it? Let's just set the whole yeah, business yeah, up yeah. for X figure. Um, and actually that's probably one of my regrets is that we'd had gone a little bit deeper into that sort of spend at the beginning so mm. that we then didn't have to redo it again because it was so time consuming mm. and actually oh, we've got to get it right what you mean by that as in as, wait, explain that again just so, so your the amount that we spend in the first year we kept it super lean super tight yeah, yeah. Um, and then meant? once we got money coming in in the second year, then we spent a load of money on redoing the website. Yeah, okay. Changed, so you're like, saying if, back so one of the things maybe you'd have thought about is not like maybe putting a bit of money into it at the, at the beginning, which meant you didn't have to like I, completely. I think I think we should have backed ourselves uh, more than we did and just like got it all right from the yeah, end. Yeah, okay, And hindsight's fair. a wonderful thing. Yeah, yeah that's but like, yeah. So year two, mm. growth, like what did the, because I'm sure you thought about then is like, right, okay, so moved into London. So you, there's three of you at this point. Like, how did you plan to grow this business? So clearly, one of the things you wanted to invest in is marketing, Q1. But like, how else did you plan on growing this business then? So I, th the I think one of the most important hires that we had to make was the operations. Mm. How soon was that? Um, it was at the end of year. It was like when? May. Like, really? Yeah. So like early. So early year two. So basically, all of the sort of back office stuff. I was doing and it was I just you know I didn't really want to do it yeah, to be fair. quite honest and you know better at doing what was you so I didn't know have you predominantly perm business or is it contract no we were no, mainly contract mainly contract oh, really? so there's a lot of back office stuff there. so there's a lot of back office stuff but also we we knew that it wasn't just that it was like we wanted to redo the website and we wanted to redo the finance we wanted to redo all this other stuff and we're mm. like actually should you know Sean and Zeph do it or should we get somebody in and get them to do it and mm. you know sort of work with them and stuff so that's what we did um and yeah yeah shout out to Lydia she's been absolutely brilliant for us really really good super super helpful um, and she's been really good in terms of automating a lot of stuff which yeah. I think like anyone who's starting up should look at like it how much to give an example yeah because uh, I think that's really interesting just like like um, just automation of contracts automation of payroll so like yeah. when we both initially worked at G2 I remember thinking like their operations function was absolutely massive mm. and I was like how have they got so many people and what it was is they had paper timesheets mm. and so like when it was like pay run you'd just see like this desk and it'd be full of stacks and stacks of timesheets. Really? So we like stuff like rolling out like a self-build system. She's got like a an automated function to like populate contracts yeah, yeah, for yeah. when we send them out and stuff like that. Yeah. And it just saves a lot of time. And likewise, you know, it, it's a no-brainer. I think like people are thinking, oh, do I need to bring in an operations person? Well, the person who's currently doing your operations person is probably a salesperson and they probably have a track record yeah, of billing yeah, yeah. X amount. Well, yeah. are they gonna bill X amount if they're having to do all this operation stuff? No, so it's a no-brainer, brings yeah. me in to do I, it. I can imagine, so I did PERM, so I yeah. can imagine particularly in the contract, having a contract-heavy business, then that's gonna be even more important, isn't it, in terms of the, yeah. the back -up. Did you not look at any, um, what is it, I had a conversation with a couple of people, Again, because I didn't do this, the whole like, like um, factory thing, the payment thing. Factory. Yeah. Yeah. So we started out with the factoring deal um, and it was just so expensive, to be honest. And that's what I'm talking about around yeah. like stuff that we did in year two that we should have done in year one. Ah, okay. So we should have moved it to an ID deal, most discount deal, before we... So what, what's that? Sorry, I don't know. It's just lending you money on your invoices. Really? Okay. Yeah, so you can raise against them. But the, the deal that we moved to is substantially cheaper than what we had going out and just save, mm. yeah, save loads. Should have done it sooner. So then in terms of like, what did you grow this to in year two then? Like in terms of people and stuff? So end of, when's end of year two? The end of year two be March. Last year. We so March last year. Maybe eight, nine, eight, ten, eight, eight nine, eight, ten, eight, nine, ten, something like that. Yeah. 
How how were the hiring challenges? That's always, as you said. Like, I, I think like we, when you first start, it, it like it's really tough because it's basically just the two of you, and you're basically trying to convince someone mm. random who's got yeah. loads of other opportunities. That's the thing right? that you're going to be like this killer business, yeah, and they're yeah. always like, mm, yeah, nice one, mate. <laughs> uh, but I, I, like in fairness, we didn't uh, the we we didn't have anybody not taken over, but we did perhaps hire the wrong sort of people. I think like. Mm. We were working in a market where generally the people are like super, super smart. And so we were thinking, right, we have to hire recruiters that are super smart. Mm. And potentially what we missed a trick with is we didn't hire salespeople enough of the time. Really? Like we hired smart people. So like a couple of the key stuff we look for in people is like reasonably smart. Are they engaging and likable? And are they like a good hired person? Like are you, are you a dick? If you're a dick, I don't really want to work yeah, yeah, sure, in it. And, and so generally we were like getting that about right. But... We just weren't really hiring salespeople. And so we made quite a few mistakes, I think, particularly mm. year two in terms of some of the people we hired. Like, really nice people. People I would probably what, stay... Did they just not want to pick up the phone? Um, I don't think it's necessarily a case of, like, nest. They just, like... So we had, like, some people who would just hammer the phone, but they just weren't, like, salespeople. They weren't able to persuade or convince, or maybe they were lacking, like, like the energy to, to like, go and deliver a pitch in a way that someone was like, yeah, I like this person. They're engaging yeah, yeah, type yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we made quite a few hiring mistakes in our in our second year. I'm sure we, we you know, we probably still do to a degree. I feel like we've got like a, a much stronger. Did you feel like you've got yeah, got it a bit more focused? Yeah, on exactly I feel like want, I feel like we like we've got it much tighter in terms of like what we what we want. Um, and actually, the people that we've hired have started to go on and do do better. And so mm. we're thinking, right, well, we're probably closer to what we need to be looking at longer term. Because because in year two, I'm assuming that you guys had to do the training. Yeah, we're yeah, definitely. St still, still whilst billing, st yeah, yeah, still now, yeah, it's difficult, right? I, I love doing training, really. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's really good to do like training stuff and just keep these guys engaged and stuff because actually, the job can be quite monotonous, but actually, there's ways you can make it a little more fun. And you're looking at different consultants, maybe have different skills, so you still teach them the core foundation of the job. But actually, sure. if someone's really, really great at maybe one aspect, then encourage them to do more of that one aspect they're really good at rather than trying to force them up the hill at doing something they're not mm. great at. Mm. I think the key is once they have that core foundation, then give them a little bit more flexibility to do what they want. That's interesting. So like how 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 did you guys do GPY second year then? Like if you have you there's more people involved, did you not just worrying about just you two. Yeah, I think it's seven hundred. Yeah, about seven hundred. Right. Really? Yeah. Which we were both pretty gutted about we really? thought it was a bit crap. Um, yeah, why? why but just we lost a, so well in the first year. Crypto tanked. We lost a lot of clients. How do you um, deal with that then? You just you just got to deal with it. The only way you can deal with it. We had to be. <laughs> you just be like, right. We had to we had to broaden the approach a little bit. Um, yeah. I think just being the blockchain guys had worked super well for us when we first started, but when the market tanked a little bit, it was like, okay, we can continue to try and you know mm. do this but actually there's a business that is sort of in linked areas we're still speaking to similar types of candidates let's just go after that a little bit yeah, yeah, yeah. you know i think if if if, if a market we we're going to do it anyway. a lot of a lot how long did it take to realize it tanked though did, did you still all right when it tanked it tanked pretty hard pretty it is, yeah really it's <laughs> yeah. pretty obvious yeah, yeah yeah um but it's like we basically a lot of the candidates we'd placed like maybe engineers like lost like, their jobs and stuff yeah well they just ended up working so clients in, just went like they, they, they just ended up working in other industries and so actually you've oh, already no. got those contacts because yeah. they worked in your industry and it just happens they went out to other ones so you just speak to those people and just be like really what's going on like how you find the market like what's going yeah, on yeah, yeah, yeah. employer stuff like that uh, that obviously mentally though surely did you guys look at each other and like fucking hell right we've got to uh do, was you, I, I don't think it was you, actually right. It wasn't, it wasn't really like it wasn't we, that we didn't really panic. We were just a bit really? like, cool. We just have to be like a little bit more pragmatic how we go about it. So like generally speaking, like the way we do it is we'd say to all the guys that in like their their BD sessions, like mm. when they were trying to focus on jobs and new business, we would say that any new business they went out, they just went at specifically blockchain. But if they had some stuff in terms of like maybe reactive business, they would. Um, they would just go after whatever. And so generally speaking, most of our business came in that was blockchain. I think we just were a little bit wider in terms of, well, look, yeah, yeah. look at where these candidates are going and stuff and start speaking to them and find out about these companies and find out, you know, what they're like. Are they good are they good employers? Are they good companies? That sort of thing. Mm. Just acquire like a different knowledge. But their their vertical didn't change a great deal. Yeah. Really? They just widened it. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm. So yeah, and then you're now coming up to Third and final year. Yeah. Uh, not third and final year. What about that? But your third yeah, we want to keep not going. Not final, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try and keep going. <laughs> okay. So, let, so, so what, learning from that then, like how, how, what was the mindset going into the third year then? 
because you're coming up to the end of the financial year. I think it was important that we uh, made sure that we were hiring the right people. Like mm. if we're ever going to scale it to the levels we want to scale it to, then the hires, the hires that we make now is crucial. So mm. we've got to get that right. I, I think we're, we're as much as you can. You we're never pretty get it right big and having like quite a flat structure. So like mm. if we're going to change anything dramatic in the business, we normally just sit everyone down and just be like, right, mm. okay, this is what we're thinking. What do you guys think? Really? Yeah, because I think it's I think it's important that people feel like they have the ability to affect change. If they if they don't care about that, they may as well just go work for a big organization. Whereas if they feel they can affect their own working environment or affect the practices or the mm. way we do the business. So anything we want to try and roll out, we'll generally sit people down and be like, hey, what does everyone think about this sort of stuff? How have you cultivated that or has it always been like that? Uh, I think we've always been quite like that. And, I, and yeah. I'd like to, I'd like it to, to keep being like that. I mean, yeah. it's, it's harder as you get bigger because, you know, we probably will have less exposure to some of the newer people and stuff longer term. Mm. But I think I, I want an environment where people have the ability to affect change in their own environment mm. and practice stuff like that. I think you've got to show you're receptive to it, haven't you? I mean, you know, if, if every time the guys come up with an idea, you're like, nah, nah, we're not going to do that, then after a while, the ideas are going to dry up, you know? Yeah, so yeah, sure. you've got to, like, give them a shot. So, okay, cool. So with with the hiring peace of mind, and so clearly that's really important to you guys, yeah, coming to the, the end of this third year. So question that I always get is this. So let's just break that down a bit, because I know, obviously, you um, not so long ago hired uh, an internal recruiter, right? Mm. So that's an, that's an interesting hire, considering the size of business you are. But mm. again, I assume that's the mindset of to help us get to where we want to, which is interesting. How many, because right now, there's, as you said, there's 12, 13 of you. Yeah. How many businesses that size have an internal recruiter? Uh, not, not many, but I think like... That's the, what I mean. The, I mean, the plan is to to scale. And to, yeah, and to, and no, to but I love that because again, coming back to your point earlier, Sean, I'm wishing that we invested more into where exactly. we are going to be. Do you, do you know what I mean? I think it's, that ties it's, in I think it's about yourself. trying to design a business, oh. like just look a little bit further ahead, like try and design yeah. a business now that will scale, you mm. know, rather than just try and like keep hiring through agencies all the time. Yeah, you know how time consuming that was for us. Let's let's get yeah. on with it. Because the question I've got in front of me that uh, someone messaged me recently saying it is mm. basically like, um how companies manage to attract staff and scale from four or five staff, small business to a large, more corporate firm. That's what I'm struggling with now. Pulling that away, staff from uh, the bigger, guy, uh, bigger guys would be interested to hear from people that have done it, right? And you're very much going for that and doing it, right? So I guess, are you planning, are you just hiring trainees? Or has, I, is that the I think, no, we're open to hiring. We're open to hiring across all levels, definitely. Mm. Um, I think the most important thing is you've got to have a story. Mm. You've, you've got to have, uh, like, it, People, I mean, people have always wanted like loads of reasons, but people these days, I guess, have all like really, really want lots and lots of complicated um, requirements when they're moving jobs. It's not just about the money. It's not just about like the career progression. It's about all sorts of stuff. Like how much are they going to invest in me? You mm. know, like where are we going with this business? All this, all this kind of thing. Loads and loads of recruitment companies are, are recruiting in London, like I yeah. said, obviously all the time. Um, you've got to have a compelling narrative as to why people should join you. Um, and a lot of that comes from a growth trajectory. Um, but it also comes from like just investing like in them. Like what you were saying about like listening to people's ideas like and, and legit actually mm. doing some of the stuff that they actually suggest a lot of the time. And um, has, has your narrative evolved? Like, because again, when if you think of people listening that early on, they're like, how important is it having a narrative for my business? I, I think we've always been ambitious. Yeah, we? I think so. I mean, I think, I think like when it comes to like scale business, and we haven't got there yet, um, but I, I always think that it comes from two things. One is like a culture and the other is a, a structure or a process. Mm. And like a process doesn't have to be like militant, but it has to be like a loose expectation of this is the expectation of you. And it ties in well with your culture because actually if you bring people in and they buy into your process and buy into your culture, then other people who join, mm. the bigger you get, become assimilated into that. And they're like, okay, yeah, cool. I see other people are doing it and they're seeing wins from it. So it makes sense that I do it too. Mm. That's interesting. How, how is it, again, thinking of most of the recruitment businesses in the UK are the sort of size of where you're at. Like how, how have you cultivated your culture? Like how do you know what your culture is or like, how would you describe your culture and how have you gone about building that? It's I, interesting. I like, like, like unashamedly ambitious, quite self-deprecating. Yeah. Uh, I think like hardworking. Mm. Um, I think people who, who, who want to be respected for being good at their job without being a dick about it. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I think that that makes sense. I guess so. Coming to the end of the third year, then what what have been the how has the hiring how has it been then? So like, why why have you brought in an internal recruiter? So the the plan was always to 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 scale the business, and 
um, we've got plans to move to uh, like a bigger space yeah. and um, we wanted to be in a position where we had someone, when you're working with Rector Rex, you're basically like reacting to profiles they send you. When sure. you have someone internally, they're on your side. They're like a member of your team. And so mm. they have the company's best interest cool. at, uh, at heart. So having Suze in that role means that she's representing us with people who aren't also going out to like and, uh, yeah, 20 yeah, 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 yeah. other companies and stuff. That's fair enough. And just the final piece on that then, like, have you got better at identifying or having hiring triggers for your business? So I don't know, making sure that when you are going on a hiring drive that you've, you've got the platform to to give these people to have the best possible chance of having success. Uh, when, when you say platform, do you mean like, as in like? Clients or like, so hiring triggers is in like, right, so when we've got three people billing X or they've got their contractors up to X, right, let's think about getting a couple of people underneath them or whatever. Like, I don't know if you've uh, so, got better identity. So, I'm, uh, we've, Sean's look, got like about a million spreadsheets on this. <laughs> has it? But, but effectively, it's no well, more complicated. There's one spreadsheet. It, it's no more complicated, <laughs> but, it, but it's got loads of tabs though. <laughs> <laughs> it's effectively just looking at our contractor book and just hiring in line with our contract book. So as it grows, we know we need to sort of scale. Irrespective of like, I've got, six people who were like super super new and i've mm. got so what does that look like and share that because i think that's really about that because so really i think for a lot of people. i mean we we actually try and uh stay a bit further away from this sort of stuff don't we these days Brilliant. like when we first started yeah we were sort of getting into the, like the like the proper details around like what money's going where and all that sort of stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. uh this month our operations manager um basically produces uh, a report for us every month being mm. like we've got x we can spend y that's it and it's literally like green tab, red tab. Okay, that's it's it. really Just simple. To the avoidance of that, she's doing that for me because I'm an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> she makes, she knows like nice little bar chart, simple, simple for Z. But that's all, you, that's all you need though, right? Yeah. And it's like, okay, cool. Let's go and hire, you know. Yeah, okay, fair. Fair enough. That's interesting. Yeah. So, spoke a lot about hiring, scaling your business. Like, how, how has the relationship between you guys been over the last three years? I think that's always interesting, right? How? Because I'm sure you guys have got better to, like, you, as you were saying before, you've uh, got a young child. Like, how's the relationship yeah. been between you guys? How's that been? How's that journey been? I, I, to be fair, I don't, I, I think the number of times we've probably argued in the whole time, maybe five, six. I don't, I don't think it's that. <laughs> I, can, I can remember one argument that we had, and that was about it. Really? I think yeah. generally, like, because we've, we, well. we've got so accustomed to what we do or what our role is and what our responsibility is, mm. generally, if it's something that's in Sean's area, I'll just be like, you run with it, mate. And yeah. if it's generally mine, he'll leave me to it. Really? And so so what, what, what are you hoping to finish GP-wise on in March? What, what one, I, I think we'll do 1.1. 1.1? 1. 1. 1. Really? Yeah. yeah. So which, again is, which again is disappointing. Really? Yeah. What, what, was you, what were you aiming for? Well, I, I like I, so Opus. Uh, I, I started Opus when they were like thirty people, maybe yeah. maybe less. And I I was fortunate enough to be with them through like huge growth. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were growing like I think between seventy and one hundred percent year on year. And that was even when they were massive. And so I'm always thinking, well, look, can can we double year on year? Can we double yeah, revenue? Yeah. Uh, like gross profit turnover. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. if we do less than that, sometimes I'm a bit like, oh, it's a bit disappointing. Um, Fair enough. So I think like, it's good to have those standards, though, right? Yeah, it is. Mm. So like, if you if you, if we did like seven hundred last year, I wanted to maybe do one point four this year, mm. and I think we'll do one point one, which is you know. What, what are some of the key things you think have got you there? Then do you think? What are the key things that I think have got us there? I, I think because we're a startup, we can be a little bit more dynamic in terms of some of the ideas around working with clients. And yeah. like well, by dynamic, I don't mean like we just drop our fees. I mean like just being a bit more creative about like how we do it. So we do a lot of statement of work stuff, which has helped us a lot, okay. which is sort of like bridging into like consultancy, which I think a lot of recruitment companies are, are moving yeah, into. Yeah, in that. So, um, so, so, that, so that's enabled you to, yeah, add more value than just getting people yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Which has mean what you've been able to charge more, or yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you're, you're able to charge more, but then you're also you're able to do greater volume. Mm. I think it's about targeting the right perm business as well. Like yeah. There's so much perm business out there, and it's way too easy to just go and try and work every job. I think like, if you can if you can target proper high quality business with really really good quality average fees, then yeah, it's it's just so that's, that's way so we've, we've, well. we've always yeah. been really good at like uh, like keeping our fees high. Like our average fees are really good. What's your um, average fee? So about fifteen k on. Yeah. On perm and about five, how much five sixty? How much perm do you do? 
No. Yeah. We're, we're, about, we're, we're, we're well, about 30%, 35%. We'll be about 30, year. yeah. And has that been intentional? Um, we don't do perm. Yeah. So the way that our model is, we all, all of the guys work contract markets, um, apart from some of the stuff I do in Switzerland. But yeah, m- most of the guys work contract stuff. And then the, the sort of delivery support model helps them pick. Because you're just good contract recruiters will just pick perm business up all the yeah, time. Yeah, that makes sense. So we just allow, like, support them with that, with the deli- delivery team. We then go and find all the candidates, which is a time-consuming bit. And it works really, really well. So, so what, when you said delivery time, yeah, yeah. Times, so, let's talk about that. Mm. So basically, everybody works, because they work their own contract vertical. If they pull a job in their contract vertical, they work it themselves. If they pull a job in someone else's contract vertical, they pass the job. Okay. If they pull a contract job in no one's vertical delivery work it and they get the runner minus the delivery fee okay and then any jobs that they pull on perm are their jobs but delivery work it for them so in theory our model means that in i in my view billish uh, or like consultants should be able to build 20 to 30 percent more at plexus than they do anywhere else because they're not having to spend as much time working these other jobs off their mm. market it's and they spend more they spend most of their time just speaking to candidates and clients within one specific how, how long have you had that model for since get-go. Yeah, well, yeah. Really? Pretty much, yeah. Not the get-go. So well, when you not because it was it just was. me and you. When, but you, like, when, you say delivery, when you say delivery team, just make that really clear for people listening, you're talking people that just do candidates. Just candidates. Just, just candidates. candidates. Yes. But we give them, I think the important thing is, like, people want proper pathways. So so yeah. that delivery team knows exactly what they've got to do to get to a point where they're senior con or principal con or, or yeah. whatever. And as they go up that ladder, they're involved more and more in that process. With, with their like, client side maybe or their recruitment process. As yeah, well. so we'll let them close candidates. You know, as soon yeah. as they, they they start off just resourcing stuff and then uh, after a while, once they get a little bit better, then they'll start prepping the candidates, then they'll start closing the candidates. Okay. And then eventually when they get to the upper levels, they'll start dealing with the clients. So if we've got clients where, and this is generally only mine and S clients, where we, uh, you know, say for instance, they're like arranging interviews or the stuff which is like not quite the sort of hardcore sales stuff, mm. the more sort of like operational stuff, then we'll involve those guys in that process as well so that it really alleviates the time from the 360 people so that the 360 people can go and do what, what they do best, which is win business. Mm. So it's really attractive for a lot of the senior people that we speak to that um, for interviewing that sort of stuff. They kind of look at it and it's it's appealing, I think, because if they can see how they can boost their their business, has that enabled you to have a bit of a competitive advantage when hiring? Then do you think? Because uh, not how, how, I, mean, I think it helps with seniors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think like definitely. For, for, it, the, the the reason it works quite well is because generally, like a lot of delivery consultants, are just treated like crap in other businesses. Yeah. Whereas I don't like the the two structures we have for like delivery and three hundred and sixty, like are mirrored. Yeah, like each side. So yeah, they're like, just as just as important. Just so as senior, yeah, senior gets the same base on delivery as they do on three hundred and sixty. Yeah. Yeah. And like because you're slowly integrating like ninety degree, one hundred and eighty, two hundred and seventy. Every time they go up a level, they get more commission because in theory you're having to do less work to mm. work with them and stuff. Mm. So towards the end, you can get delivery guys that have like um, potential earnings of like seventy, eighty, hundred k because they're managing a whole account. Plus, we do an annual bonus for delivery as well. Really? Based on like all the revenue they generate throughout the year. Mm. That's interesting. Because mm. again, I don't, like how many businesses have that model? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it's becoming more and more popular. Yeah, I think we, yeah, we just realised that the market, we, the markets we work in, is super niche. And actually, is it better that someone spends two, three Delicate days reasons. working on LinkedIn trying to find like yeah. unique candidates? When you can have one person specifically doing that, and the other people can go yeah, out and yeah. try and generate some more business. So, um, any advice on people that are wanting to embed that, or because I know you said that you've had that from the get go, but and like whether you structure and stuff. I think just ha- just have structure. Just have structure. Yeah, just just make sure you know exactly what that looks like before you're like, you know, saying to delivery people, "Oh yeah, hey, your job's the same. You know, whatever, run with it." Uh, you know, you've got to be like, "No, look, these are the details of the different job roles. This yeah. is exactly what you're going to do. Like, and this is how your career is going to progress." Yeah, That's so have, have the clear parameters on, right? So yeah. we're actually going to change the model because I think this would be, yeah, this is more catered to your skill set. Yeah, but this doesn't mean that your career progression is going to be stunted or your earning potential is going to be stunted. This yeah. is how we, this is how it works. Exactly. I, I remember, like, I used to pull all these jobs when I was working at Opus, and I remember just thinking how much stuff I don't fill because I don't have time to work all these jobs. Mm. Yeah. And so having a delivery team, and I think they're probably one of our like, like 
unique selling points to sort of clients. Definitely. Because when they, when, when, if it's a super urgent role, I can get two or three of the delivery guys on the same role and give them different areas. Mm. I mean, these people cover LinkedIn, job board system. And so if I've got something that's super urgent, someone needs to turn around straight away and get all three people on it. And they just, they motor through and you get CVs super quick. And so mm. clients are like, so valuable. So when clients yeah. are working, they're like, God, oh, you turn that around like super quick. I was actually thinking like it was going to take you like three yeah, weeks yeah. to like find this. And it, is it two things that just come to mind to wrap that up? Cause I think it's really interesting. One, uh, what, in your opinion, what do you think makes a really good delivery person in terms of the skill set might be slightly different or how they are? Two, how important is communication, like internally with that? Uh, communication what? Between with, between delivery and the, so the people that are helping you. So if you're dealing with a client, I'm, I'm assuming that the communication has to be really clear on, just pull this job, this is what they need, can you, go, can you help me? Yeah, I mean, yeah. So the initial, like, initial brief. So we almost get the delivery guys to like take specs from the consultants. So they would almost take a job spec from the consultant. So this is back to your candidate qualification, or well, I'm assuming client qualification as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be really important part of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I always say to the three six guys. The more time you invest in telling them, the better the case you get. So if you like half arse, that's really important. Don't expect really good profiles, and we try and keep the the delivery guys in the loop so maybe CC them on emails to clients and stuff so they know like what's happening with it mm. and what any anything, anything that you picked up on that you think typically can give people the best possible chance of hiring a good delivery person that might be slightly different than a typical recruiter so I, I, I like I think d- delivery is like methodical and structured so I, I think like generally quite analytical logical people mm. quite like doing delivery because they mm. know right here's a set process so we created like solving a problem isn't it like sheets for everything yeah. um, and and like we created like a delivery sheet and so it's like a checklist they literally can just work through it and I think analy- analytical people generally quite like that because they're like yep okay cool done that and then they can work their way through the process mm. so I think generally analytical people more often than not are good delivery people really yeah yeah cool so um, before we finish <clears throat> just one I've got a couple of questions that I'm going to ask you on resilience because the event I have coming up but We'd love to just, I know I asked you a bit about sort of how your relationship has been and stuff like that, but sort of mentally for you two, what, what's been the journey like for that in terms of having your own business, the stresses of that, you have to pay people. I think a lot of people are worried about that, right? And, and what, what that's going to be like. So how is it, how's that journey been for both of you in terms of mentally ensuring that you are the best version of yourself for the people around you in your business? Do you know what? It, it's no way near as stressful as working for someone else and not being in control of that sort of stuff. Yeah, I like that. I, 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 I definitely agree with that. I, I much would much, much prefer to have it in my own hands rather than not. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 and it's still bloody stressful, like a lot mm. of the time. I think particularly with like the one thing that you, you you when you're in a big company you can like rely on credit control functions and all that sort of stuff and like dealing with non-paying clients is definitely my least favorite part of owning a recruitment company <laughs> getting invoices gets, gets, gets pretty heated you just forget you just forget that when you're employed don't you you're yeah like yeah fees on the board and yeah. that's it done just you just you just don't care as much like why would you yeah um, yeah, yeah, yeah you know Okay. What about you, Zef? How has that journey been for you? Like, like work-life balance, men- mentally, like... Uh, yeah, I mean, like, if you're going to set up your own business, you're going to have <laughs> le- less of a work-life balance, yeah. particularly at the start. I think, like, um, we were lucky because we set up the office in Epsom. It was, like, the shortest journey I'd ever commuted because I was, like, driving 10 minutes down Decent. the road, which was part of the reason why I was really keen on doing it there. Mm. Um I think my wife's been really good. She's generally pretty understanding about stuff. She used to work in recruitment, so she's pretty, like, knows the school. She knows, like, sometimes. Definitely helps when they actually know what you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, actually know what they do. Yeah. Yeah, supportive wives are uh, a necessity. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out the missus. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, like, I, I, I... generally don't get stressed about stuff a lot of times. Yeah, you don't seem like, yeah. No, I, like, I, I always think, and it's not easy to do, and I don't want to make out like anyone could do this, it's really easy. I, I've always been really good at like, as soon as I walk in the door, I am like recruit mode, and yeah. I am super energetic in the morning. Like when really? I come in, I'm morning like, person. hey, what's going on type stuff. And I'm always really positive. And no matter like what's happening outside of work, I always try to normally think, put that, yeah, yeah. I've always found that like, you never get the life trifactor right. So, you're either fat and your relationship's good and business is oh, going yeah, well, but you never well. get all three right. Yeah. And so like, if I'm like in good shape and I'm doing loads of business, you can guarantee I'm arguing with my wife. 
and it's and, and, and <laughs> Man, I couldn't agree with that more. Yeah. Uh, but I, but I always think like the great thing about uh, I've always found about recruitment is generally if you work hard enough for long enough, you will see some positive results from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so whenever stuff's you know I'm weighing like three stone overweight, I'm just like just get on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> and how um how how much help have you guys got? Like obviously you two. You're doing this for the first time. Like, have have what's been your experience in getting help from people, advice from people? Just sort of wrap that up during the I, process. I, I have think, you got? I think people are generally good. quite good. Like, have you have you reached out to help? I people think I think you? people who are in a similar situation are pretty good. I think if pe- if you kind of reach out to people who are like more experienced or more mm. senior, you might get a little bit less back. But I think we've got a pretty good network of just mates, basically, who are all in either running companies yeah. or in senior positions in other companies who for the most part, are reasonably transparent around like sharing ideas and that sort of stuff. I, I, people I, I, help you out. If you help them out, I think if you just don't, if you're all like take, 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 then after a while people will just be like, yeah, no, I'm going to tell you. I always think like, and I've always tried, and it's like, it's not just like life thing, generally in recruitment. I'll always think when I'm speaking to someone, how am I helping them out? Am I yeah, helping yeah. somebody out? And if you have that attitude enough, eventually a lot of people will want to help you out. Mm. And so I find like generally people are like super good. I mean, yeah. I was we were lucky because like one of my mates a lawyer. So when we had issues Decent. around like contract stuff, I was like, can you look at this? He's like, yeah, no problem. And either yeah. mates like runs an accountancy firm. So he was like, yeah, can we loads of ideas? And stuff. Yeah, because I, I just think that's interesting. It's come up a lot where, yeah, I think a lot of people underestimate that how many people are willing to help. There'll be a lot of people yeah, that people are, don't feel like I, it's just them, but there's a lot of people that, because typically in the recruitment world, it's been like, I'm not going to share yeah. my ideas with you, but I think yeah. That's, massive, yeah, that's massive. I, I, I'm yeah. completely the opposite. If anyone messages me on LinkedIn, I'll always, like yeah. try and help them out or like like Fair give enough. us some advice um so a couple of questions on resilience um what does resilience and recruitment mean to you to you guys so i i think um it's a tough job like this is a it's a really really tough job and i think like there is a lot of crap out there about oh yeah go earn 100k in your first year and stuff like that i mean i think like for most people and, and most trainees don't get it but actually if you can stick it for a year like the tough period, the building up of your own network, building up like people that know you and start to to want to work with you. If you can build that up, after a year, things start to get easier. But most people just don't go through that period. And it's either because maybe they just realize, actually, I'm not like that driven by these things. I'm not just talking money. I'm talking about like, just like the job. Mm. Like, do they enjoy speaking to people on the phone? Do they enjoy like... Uh, working in a in a sales environment where you're advising and consulting clients, you just don't really like doing that, and they don't necessarily like the longer hours. Mm. So I think like resilience is is like it's almost like a cliche term in recruitment. Mm. It, the reason it's used so much is because most people won't get to see the fruits of their labour because they they quit before they get to that point where they're starting to see mm. it. It's the most important thing, isn't it? Mm. Yes, yeah. it's the, if you could ask for one competency in a trainee, it would be that mm. definitely. And how how do you think the importance or need for resilience has changed as the industry's evolved? Um, I think it's always been important, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's... Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think when, when... I remember when I first interviewed my first screaming job, I remember them pushing, like, quite hard, and they were just like, yeah, you're going to quit, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. I was like, no. I like, trust me, I'm yeah. going to quit. This is the best job I've seen in ages. Yeah. yeah. I, I just think... I think that's just an interesting question, because I think in today's world when... You're on LinkedIn maybe a lot more than you might be on the phone. People aren't coming back to your emails or people aren't liking your posts. Resilience can look a bit different compared to smashing the phone all day. Yeah, I mean, I, I think like... I think people put a brave face on it a lot of the time. Yeah. And that, from a sales management point of view, that's really hard because like people will just suffer in silence. Yeah. And actually, we, we'll kind of chat about it and it's kind of obvious that people are struggling, but you kind of ask them, they won't be completely transparent with you. Mm. And I'm sure like sales managers around the world can relate to this completely like if you could understand what your staff were thinking all of the time your job would be so much easier yeah but actually they spend so much and i was exactly the same as this at g2 i mean i just you know i remember like just completely barefaced lying to senior managers about it because i just couldn't be bothered to deal with like the the sort of fallout of telling them that i was unhappy yeah after a while you just put a lid on it and it's exactly the same with some of our trainees um, but actually, if you just talk about a lot of stuff, you, you, there, there'll be an experience that we've had at some point that we can relate to and, and just help out a little bit. I, I always say to the guys, like, if you're feeling like down or shit, 
just grab me because I guarantee you'll feel we better it, like. leaving the meeting room than you do walking in. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I think that, that ties in quite nicely to the, to the last question I have, which is what can people do themselves to instill more resilience in their teams? I think you've got to make the job fun. Mm. Um, and, yeah. you know, like, and that doesn't just mean like, I'd be you know, sentence, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't just mean beers in the office on a Friday and stuff like that. It's yeah. like people want to see progression and you know, they, they want their career to progress. And even if it's only like incremental little things, sure, they want to be able to see themselves getting better at the job, mm. even if that doesn't necessarily mean deals straight away. Like they, they want to see progress. Um, but they also, they, they, they want to enjoy coming to work. And sometimes yeah. recruitment's like fucking hard. Like so there's going to be yeah. days where they just don't want to come into the office, you know? They just don't want to do the job. So you, you've kind of like got to make it, you know, just like, just a bit lighthearted, like be easy to talk to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I, I like. Um, it's hard, but I, like on a weekend, I, I like read up on this theory around go for no. I don't know if you, you got no. you heard of it before. No. So like the theory is, is that like rather than going and targeting like yes, I'll work with you or yes placements, you target no's. So okay. you go out and you try and speak to clients, and you know this client has bounced you three times. But in your head, if I can get no five times, I'm one step closer to being able to work with this person. Okay. And so rather, so I tried it with our trainees, and I was like, look, rather than thinking, oh no, I got bounced again, see it as like a step in the right way oh, in terms okay. of beginning yeah, like to that. work with a client. So and just having a different perspective on yeah, what just no like, means. Like embr embrace getting just banged. Get used to it. Like yeah, just, like just like enjoy it rather than being like, oh no, they don't want to work with me. They must hate me. Like yeah, just see yeah. it as like, cool. Okay, that's one step closer yeah, like to working that. with that person. I really like that. Yeah. Um, so before I ask you guys a final question, what, what are you guys excited about? What's going on? So what, hoping to hit your 1.1. Uh, yeah. We're going to hit that. Year four, what's, what, what's going on? What are you guys excited about? So hoping to move into a new office. Back. So we are hoping to move into a much larger space at some point. Again, really back, have, again, really back, in your, back in yourselves to grow and yeah, so, that's exciting. So this is a serviced office, but this will be actually our space that we'll be taking out. Like a, we a nice what, what, we've, what we've tried to do um, is just put the structure in place to be able us to scale uh, aggressively over yeah. the next few years. That. So that starts with uh, the, the talent manager that we've brought in, who's mm. great. Um, but there's more stuff that's going on behind the scenes as well in terms of like, like what, how can we change things? You know, what can we do for the trainees? How can we support them? How can we make sure that more people are successful than, than fail? Not, You'll yeah. never get it right with absolutely every person, but how, how can we like up the percentages? You yeah, know? That's awesome. And how can we create the, how can we create the structure for doing that? And the office is one element of that, but there's like stacks of other things going yeah. on. And so we, we, we try, we try and roll out loads of different ideas and some of them like, you know, fall flat on their face. Like, <laughs> you're absolute garbage. But I think like the moment you stop trying new things, you're basically going to stagnate. Yeah, you're just like, yeah. oh yeah, well, you know, this didn't work, but don't worry about it. It's like you're accepting you're just going to stagnate. Yeah. So I think like you always need to be thinking of new things and new ideas in terms of engaging staff and how we can grow the business. Nice, mate. Last question. Can answer it with a phrase, a word, sentence, whatever comes to mind. What if if the both of you could communicate to every single recruit out there, they take on your advice and implement it tomorrow? What would you say? What would you say to the people? Keep going. I think. Yeah. Just keep don't going. give up. Yeah. I've seen some absolutely terrible recruiters make money in this industry just because they they just don't give in. Love they just that. they just keep at it. It's the most important thing. Sounds a bit like Zephyr. Myself yeah. included. Never. <laughs> uh, I, I I think I. Every recruiter, that's hard, isn't it? I think like if you've had a shit day, yeah, don't go home having had a shit day because tomorrow will be shitter. Break the cycle. Break so the cycle. If you've had a shit day, yeah, make sure you go in tomorrow with more so that tomorrow is better than today. I like that. Sean's F's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, man. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I really want to ensure this podcast remains valuable and relevant for all of you. If you have topics or questions you would love me to cover with future guests, then please get in touch with me. Best place to get me is on LinkedIn. Just search Hishimazoos and drop me a message. I would love to hear from you. Finally, if you have two minutes, it would be greatly appreciated if you could leave an honest review for the podcast. It will simply mean that I can reach more people with this podcast. You can easily leave a review for the podcast by clicking the link 
in the episode notes or by going to ratethispodcast.com forward slash rollercoaster. Thank you again for listening. <laughs>